Hey Skyfarers and welcome to AferCast, the, the Cowardron Overlords channel and podcast. We're back after some months, um, but we're back with a great show and uh, we've got some cool guests to chat about KO with. Uh, so we are joined by Mr. Matt Barker. Hi Matt. Hey, how's it going Lee? Glad to, ha- glad to be back, glad to have AferCast back. Let's rock and roll. Glad to have you back on the show and uh, making his first appearance on the show, but hopefully he'll be doing well with KO again in the future. Uh, Mr. Ian uh, McAleese. Yeah, McAleese. Thanks, Lee. McAleese. Nice to be on. As you soon were as, so close. As I said it, I thought I should have checked how to pronounce this before the show started. <laughs> <laughs> you did better than most. That's okay. He saved, he saved the boss for the last one. Good luck on my last name, <laughs> Well, well uh, making his third appearance on the show, so in theory, I should have learned how to pronounce it by now, uh, Mr. Jeremy Vaser. Pretty, pretty close. Pretty yeah, close. Pretty close. <laughs> pretty close is is good enough, <laughs> I think, because uh, I'm not I'm not very good at pronouncing most words I already know. So there we go. Uh, so uh, before we dive into things, is there any news? Just old world stuff. Uh, Feck reorder is coming up. Yeah, that's not KO related. No, nothing dwarf related. Uh, uh, I will say I'm more more excited about the uh, orc chopper bottle opener than I am about anything Feck uh, <laughs> or that, Age of Sigmar. That thing related. looks like it's going to open only one beer and then break. By the way, <laughs> like, like, it, 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 it does look so tiny, doesn't it? It looks so tiny. And I. Awful. I have to admit, I didn't even realize it was a bottle opener. <laughs> I just, I just saw. Oh, there's like a an orc axe thing. I, it, uh, I it felt like it was an accident, chain. right? Like they they designed it, and then the like some guy in the warehouse, he was just like pop the beer open with it, and they're like, oh yeah, that also serves as a bottle opener. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can you can open a bottle with with a knife if you need to. So, <laughs> so, so you can pretty much do it with any like metal implement. But uh, uh, I mean, that's that's pretty cool actually. If there's a bottle opener. We, if we it did, works, <laughs> we did get one more thing. It's a commemorative story anniversary model. It's a Runesmitter, but it's in the new style of the the Warband that just came out of the war. Uh, so it's, I think that's a cool indication that the new Fire Slayer stuff will be in that kind of like theme. Yeah. Bracky of the Gilded Key. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I do like the new Fire Slayers where they got the like the Dracoff cloaks. They're pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's better than loincloths. We'll see about that when they all look like they have drag up cloth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, he's yeah, like oh the, the hero you care about is the one with the cloak, but so once they've all got cloaks, it's like well. But, uh... <laughs> I do like how he's holding the key, like behold, I have a key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, and in some sort of care news, uh, uh, CanCon is happening, well, sort of happened now, on time zones and stuff, and I think KO has just won it, just won it. so uh, that's cool. Ooh, spicy. It's either that or they've just on Monday, I'm not sure. They're in the future, no, they must have done both days. I'm was sure Kron said that uh, KO had won it, but not by Kron. Was it in a BCP anywhere, or get it's days? on stats and ladders? But when I tried to look a minute ago, it only was showing day one. But okay, well that's they're in the future, so they must have had both days. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> so uh, no, I I think uh, Nathan 
Thompson won that. Oh, nice. Uh, cool. With uh, 40 Arknauts, I believe. Lots of Arknauts. Yeah, uh... those are some hefty screens. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be talking about screens and, and lack of screens in a minute. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, so let's uh, start talking about the tournament. Uh, first of all, it was a very big tournament. Yeah. Uh, does anybody know exactly how many players there were for Age of Sigma? Like 370 something, right? Yeah, somewhere Mr. in this neighborhood. It was, I think, 341. I asked Scott who actually played. Was the final tally? Yeah. I think there were. I think there were yeah. 410 tickets sold. So. Yeah, that's a lot. Of people know, maybe that didn't or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it was better yeah. than last year at LVO, where uh, they expected a number of people to drop and not as many people, and they didn't have any tables. And I was Ooh. one of those people, round one, who showed up and just didn't have a table. And they were, luckily, the staff was just like on it. And they scrambled and they got terrain and a mat and a table. Yeah. But it was just like, they're like, oh, shoot. People didn't, not as many people dropped as we expected. <laughs> yeah, 343. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly. There you that. go. So about 350. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's uh, a very hefty tournament, uh, which is, explains why we had two KO players that went 5 and 0. Uh, so congratulations to you both. Um, Thanks. Although I think Jeremy technically went. Six and zero or six and one, um, when, due to uh, yeah, some extra one. shenanigans we'll talk about in a bit. <laughs> yeah. um, Ian's and Jeremy's list. We're gonna just do some honourable mentions. Uh, I just want to bring up uh, Scott Adams' uh, list because uh, Scott went four and one. It's a really cool result. Uh, he had Barrack Zilfin, um, and actually, because we're gonna look at Matt's list in a minute uh, between Matt. Ian, Jeremy, and Scott, I think you all had different uh, skyports. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Right. Um, so, yeah, Scott, 1970 points, one drop. Um, uh, Endra Master on foot with uh, Stormcaller and Arcane Tome, Navigator, Gotrek, um, two units of Arconauts, and a frigate as battle line because it's Zilfin, uh, 10 Thunderers. An ironclad, it's basically heroes and an ironclad with thunderers, and then go trick running around. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, what do you guys think of that list? It's a very interesting, like, I it's a very interesting choice for a Zilfin build, but mm-hmm. I, I. I'm still shocked that everybody takes Gotrek in this environment. <laughs> was, yeah, I'm always, I'm always shocked. Like, there's so many ways. Like, with Starborn being a thing, like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. click and point, remove wards, he's dead. <laughs> like, like, okay, cool, <laughs> awesome investment. Yeah. I, I mean, he's not the only one, right? Like, Barl uh, also brought like a, a KO list with uh, Gotrek and did very well in LVO. So mm-hmm. there must still be something about it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I personally am playing Go Trek at the moment, and yeah, you do have those games where, you know, if you, if you're not careful, you could lose in turn one. Um, but then you have plenty of games where they just can't deal with him, yeah. and he just blocks off the middle of the board. Of some Scott people had. Just... Uh... Sorry, Matt, we didn't hear. We didn't catch that. I'm looking that. at. Uh, I'm looking at Scott. You're no, uh, out, Scott had an. Uh, uh, uh oh. 
you press some you press to push to uh, push the talk key i think is a little sticky <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> uh sorry about that can you hear me better yeah, yeah yes we can hear you. Yeah. all right sweet sorry about that yeah um scott had a a, a tough run of opponents and uh his loss came to a really um interesting and nuanced gloom spike gets list so he he had a so he did well despite having a a really uh tough run of opponents mm -hmm. yeah so hard with their recursion mm -hmm. there was a lot of gloom spikes uh about because uh, <laughs> uh scott played gloom spike twice uh jeremy you played uh gloom spike twice didn't you i played and... kale twice yeah also truck twice gloom spike once Oh, okay. yeah, I played uh, Gloom Spite twice. I dodged him. I yeah. didn't play Gloom Spite one time. <laughs> there, was a, there was a lot of Oryx running around because, um, yeah, but because uh, it's not for me. Yeah, I played uh, <laughs> four out of my five games were against green skins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you, you played against Cool Boys and Big War as well. So it's like, yep. Yeah. Ooh, man. Yeah, just all the Oryx. <laughs> I, I was hoping to dodge cruel boys because my list is not designed to uh, be like fight cruel boys, especially like uh, hiding the sneaky ones. Uh, so I'm glad you got that match up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm more fine into it since I have two guns other than the Arcanaut Company that are more than 12 right. inch range. So right. <laughs> yeah, you you're like I'm, um, I'm in 12 all the time. <laughs> like, come on, come on. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. So that's uh, Scott's list, and Matt, you also managed to went go four and one with your with your list, which is Barrett Noir. Uh, also one drop, uh, unless I made a mistake. Because it's also nineteen seventy points as well. Uh, so you had uh, Endra Master with Dirigible Suit, Stormcaller, uh, which is a recurring theme, and uh, officially. According to Best Coast Pairing, you had the Nullstone icon on it. Uh, I know you had the Voidstone Orb, but that was actually the wrong way around, and the Voidstone Orb is obviously on the Navigator. Uh, yes. So on Best Coast Pairing, that's uh, incorrect. Um, but you had the Nullstone icon on him, and then Brock Grunson, a unit of Arconauts, two units of nine riggers, gun hauler, and ironclad prudency shoots, all in a battle regiment for one drop. Yes, sir. So, Started on the table with 12 models every game. <laughs> because all of the engine riggers, all of the heroes started in the ironclad, uh, had ourselves a booze cruise, a party boat, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, just uh, dis describe this one, this list in one word, meme. It, I, mean, I wanted it, to have some fun at LVO, and yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's basically clown car. <laughs> but, right. Uh, but nothing Clown ever rides gets, again. Nothing ever gets out of the boat, and if it does, it's only because I want to run and shoot with everything instead of fly high. So they all get out, then they move and run, and then they just get back in they again. Get, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Do you actually find you that you ever did that much? Because like I've like we've talked about that on the show, but I've never really found it coming up in games much where it's actually been that much useful. I did it every single game. Like, mm -hmm. at, and at one point, I was like, "Hey, my, told my opponent, I'm going to do this, 
and I sort of mapped it out for them. And I was like, do you really want me to move all 21 models out of the boat and back <laughs> in the boat? Do you, do you mind if I just sort of describe to you what I'm going to do? And the, mm -hmm. a couple of them were like, no, I, I really need to see that. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. Not a problem. But, um, you know, the, uh, the prosecute wars with all haste. Uh, luckily, before the tournament, you know, just perusing the battle tome, I realized, oh, that's not once per game, that's once per turn. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a really uh, exciting revelation right before the tournament. But no, I used it every, almost every single game because uh, being able to uh, not have to be outside of the nine and then sort of mm -hmm. in the tight little corners that people are trying to zone you out from, but being able to fly over things and then land within three is just so much. Um, is so much more freeing it gives there's so many more possibilities for better positioning and to um uh go after targets that specifically that i wanted dead rather than the targets that my opponent was giving me um so i i used it quite a bit and i really um to great mm -hmm. effect in a and especially in one particular game in my fourth game against um against uh Sylv a great sylvaneth player mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, it is more useful with an ironclad because uh, an ironclad is, you know, the slowest of the boats anyway. And I probably don't use it as much because I'm I'm playing with the plus two move on the boats as well. So, you know, you've got that little bit of extra speed. And then if you get the guys out of the boat and then you run the boat, then you could potentially end up, you know, obviously you could, you could, you don't have to move as far as you could, but, you know, you could waste a bit of that move by the fact that you don't really need to have, because you, know, you could end up running out of range of your your riggers. It's not like his list benefits yeah. from the other ones either, right? Like he doesn't have only ten archonauts count as two once per game. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh re-roll one roll but one per shooting phase. Mm -hmm. Like that's cool. Maybe on the solid shots and the ironclad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like maybe once yeah. in a while. Like there's no like yeah. I mean yeah, you're kind of stuck with like that seems to be the easy the best one available. <laughs> yeah. Pretty pretty uh, much. It, and just with all the healing from the engine riggers and the enter, like just staying inside <laughs> the boat most of the time, unless it was to avoid having to, uh, you know, running and then still being able to shoot. And I don't know, for people who don't know exactly what I'm referencing. So essentially, because Brock Grunson has the command ability to allow a sky vessel to uh, run and and still shoot and or charge later in the turn but if the um engine riggers inside the boat uh stay inside during that run move they count as running and can't shoot and so what mm -hmm. you essentially can do is just get everybody out of the boat then you can um have brock Grunson issue the command then the boat can move run 2d6 and re-roll that run roll and then um then the engine riggers since they haven't moved yet they got out before the boat moved they can then move then they just run up to the back of the ironclad, and then now they're within wholly within three again. They just get back in, mm -hmm. and they haven't run, so now they can shoot. Yeah, I thought they uh, did they not fact that. I thought they specifically fact that to say they count as running. I, I, I sorry, I'm like I'm, I, I thought they had like addressed that mechanically. Did they not? Uh, no, I don't think they did. <laughs> uh, they might because have they, they might have clarified it the other way. <laughs> like, no, like, no was, um, I think the one you're thinking of was the one to do with the retreating. So if you mm. retreat in unit and then you do the dis, um, disengage with a boat, as uh, so they disengage the boat and then the other unit gets the, the unit that retreats gets into the boat whether that that they still count as having retreated and they don't get the retreat and shoot because their retreat wasn't while they were in the boat they FAQ'd that uh, um, I'm gonna, 
keep I don't want to detract. I just, I'm gonna keep reading. Yeah. I was like, I thought they had like addressed it somewhere or another, yeah. but uh, you know, it wouldn't be that shocking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, the battle scroll could be coming very soon, so maybe maybe it will be coming up. <laughs> there you go. And there's there's really not too much depth to this list, but essentially uh throughout my games, I was looking to, you know, with the riggers having three shots at Ren two apiece, and there's um 18 of them. That's just a lot of a lot of small arms fire. So essentially what I was looking to do was move and uh either the way I described or through fly high, shoot one target, charge another. Um and really try to do some hefty damage when I can, uh, in a timely fashion when the when the uh, uh, when the opportunity was given. So, um, and a lot of times it was just uh, too much for my opponents to handle. Yeah, I mean that's that is a fifty-four shot. So Ren two, and you got the inspired triumph and at nineteen seventy points you probably did get it quite often. So yes. pushing that uh, four up on one of those units of riggers to free up. Is uh, could be pretty pretty useful, and then Brock puts out surprising amount of firepower. Like I like so many people are like, wait a minute, where is this coming from? And I'm like, uh, one of the guys inside the boat. The, one of the guys is basically shoots as good as a frigate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it almost it mechanically does the same output of melee as a frigate too, with the uh, mortal wound generation on top of yeah. that. Before you count his melee attacks, it's hilarious. Yeah, and then he's buffing all those uh, 18 riggers as well, giving them all an extra attack. So, so it's so, essentially uh, 56 Ren 2 D3 attacks on top of 54 Ren 2 1 damage shooting attacks. So the, the there is a fact clarification, but you're, you're, you're fine as long as you didn't disembark at the end of the movement phase. So if you made the run roll of the boat, move behind, at, disembark, make the run roll of the boat, embarked on it, and then use combat landing, you count as running. <laughs> so, Which doesn't make much yeah, it doesn't really matter much because okay. it's like if i use combat okay. landing then i can't charge with them anyway so i know it's just, but it's like it's like that is like how uh, they like they they basically said like you can't as you can't as making whatever the move of the boat was uh when you were embarked in it so like if yeah. you ever get back into the boat you can't as making a run effectively yeah uh after you disembark if if you yeah. disembark from the boat uh, which is hilarious to me, but whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, Matt, you uh, you won against Arnett Deepkin, Ogres, Nurgle, and Sylvaneth, um, but then lost against Soulblight Gravelords. Uh, so, I mean, is there anything from those matchups that you sort of took away? Do you think that Soulblight is a hard matchup for KO or? I'm gonna laugh if you don't say their answer correctly. <laughs> Come on, Matt. I, I think he's actually frozen. Oh, perfect. He's disconnected. <laughs> I'll answer for him. He got too intimidated and dropped out. Uh, he got he. I think it was more of a matchup. He played, you know, obviously Guan, uh, mm -hmm. Tom Guan, and he definitely was like you know a little bit of a star you know, starstruck. Um, mm -hmm. I'll let him explain his game, but effectively he made a mistake turn one that cost him a lot of points on the table. Right. Uh, so that uh, that had some resounding effects at the game. That doesn't mean like it wasn't, you know, his game to win, but I think like if he had not made that mistake, he wouldn't have had like kind of like, you know, dug himself a tunnel in his head uh, and then mm -hmm. uh, couldn't see the way out of uh, the zombie spam as is. Uh, the down, downside is just geomantic pulse, and that army does not like missions where it has to, you know, 
you know, be everywhere all at once. So, um, yeah. but, uh, you know, obviously I'm putting words in his mouth, but that's based on the discussion <laughs> I had with him after the game. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I have to watch this game. Uh, yeah. I, I will sure. say though, I, I hope uh, Ian, uh, you had the same experience as I did. Uh, so I played, you know, seven rounds of AOS at uh, LVO. I think I played a combined total amount of six hours of AOS in seven games. Uh, it was really nice having like all this free time to just go walk around and wait at the bar, have some food, <laughs> like, watch other people play. I don't think any of my games made it past like, I think one of my games made it past an hour and a half uh, in total combat. Mm -hmm. my time. That was my game against uh, Gavin, I think, if I remember correctly, um, because we just really slow rolled it. But for the most part, like... So it's, it's a nice value prop when you know you're gonna play like potentially eight rounds to play an army that you know you don't have to think like three hours for eight times you know so uh, it was nice and refreshing. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not My, entirely uh, sure if Matt's coming spite. back. <laughs> yeah, who knows how that Wi-Fi is doing <laughs> at uh, Squad Marks? <laughs> How's uh, what do you say about your game with Gloomspite in? I was say most of my games were quick, also except the ones versus Gloom Spite took a lot more time just because mm -hmm. of all the recursion and everything. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess my game against Levon, who played Gloom Spite, also took a while. But in total playtime myself, I think I played less than six hours, like effectively during the eight rounds or seven rounds we played. Uh, sounds like a, a good segue into Ian's list uh, since we've lost Matt as well. Uh, so Ian, you're barracks on. Uh, two drops, exactly 2,000 points. Um, uh, so you had an Admiral as your general with Stormcaller, as you do, because um, <laughs> everyone seems to have Stormcaller these days. Uh, a Navigator uh, with Voidstone Orb, Drekki Flint, um, three units of 10 Archonauts, and then four units of three Skywardens, and three units of three Endromiggers, and uh, two Frigates. Uh, one of which had prudency shoots and was the flagship. Uh, and then that was all split across two battle regiments to give you the two drops. Um, so, yeah, do you want to talk us through just some of the, the decisions you made with this list? Uh, uh, obviously, it seems like you went for, you know, MSU rather than, uh, rather than larger units. Yeah, so... The first kind of half of the year up until <clears throat> August about, I was running uh, a different list with one large, well, before the points changes, it was two nine-man units of Sky Wardens mm -hmm. with uh, two frigates. And then after the points changes, it was one unit of Sky Wardens and one unit of Endron Riggers with only one frigate. Um but and then with the of course the rally article mm -hmm. but um after playing that up through august in old town throwdown it just seemed to having all of your hammers be in pretty much only two units made it uh, get can get bogged down so i decided to switch it up to this to the MSU makes it also because when getting out of the frigate, a nine-man unit is a little unwieldy to get everybody into the combats you need. Mm -hmm. So being able to put uh, two units on one side of the frigate and then one unit on the other side of the frigate really um, 
gets you the maneuverability you need to. Mm -hmm. It also technically gives you more attacks because you have more champions for each of those. So with the uh, six units, I technically got uh, four extra attacks army-wide. It's not huge, but you know every attack counts. Welcome back, Barker. Thank you. Sorry about that. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I decided on this list mainly because I could also deploy one unit of Sky Wardens to go off to a flank or something that needed to secure it or hunt down a lone hero or a remnant of a unit. Having the large units, I just found, was a little too clunky and really you weren't able to spread out as easily. So mm -hmm. moving to this MSU uh, style, it also kind of makes it so your opponent has to split attacks if they have mm -hmm. larger units. And from my many years of playing miniature games, splitting attacks is my least favorite thing because you make <laughs> the wrong decision. You say, oh, this will obviously kill them. And then you roll three ones and it's like, well, okay, well, that unit's still alive and I, I lose now. So I want to give my opponents that choice. <laughs> There's nothing more satisfying than when you when you split attacks and it actually does pay off and you kill something to the exact number of wounds that it needed to. That's that's really satisfying. Yeah. Um, I, I guess the MSU also helps with uh, some of the battle tactics as well, like surround and destroy. You can just send like a one unit Sky Wardens or Endermakers somewhere, and you're not you know sending like a whole nine man unit out of the way where you don't want them. So that's helpful as well. Um, I'm interested about Drecky Flint in the list. Yeah, um, so it was the choice was between Drecky Flint or an Endron Master um, mm -hmm. in the Endron Harness. So I would have been down to 1970 points with the possibility of uh, my Bloodthirsty uh, Triumph. Mm -hmm. And I felt Drecky, since 1970, I'd say maybe is about a 50% chance I would get that uh, Triumph. Mm -hmm. um, I felt Drecky was just a better fit than trying to go for that uh, Bloodthirsty, since he has the same number of attacks. He wounds better than an Endrin Master. He does one less damage, but he's also an anti-monster, being able to just do a, pretty much a free three mortal wounds after he attacks. Mm -hmm. And then in the very corner case... Um, matchups when he can destroy an artifact that the enemy is really um, relying on i felt that was really um you know could just clinch it so you forgot it's like shooting. shooting yeah that that's the other thing too the main thing is his gun the the main main reason is that his gun is just really really good if you roll you know even average and get seven shots and then give them all out attack twos and threes minus one two damage mm -hmm. apiece is just solid mm -hmm. yeah i guess because uh, you mentioned about the triumph there's also a less obvious use for, of the triumph in this list as well because uh, obviously everything's getting plus one to hit and wound on the charge anyway you haven't got like a big unit for like like if you had a big unit of sky ones around because you could use it for their shooting i mean obviously you can use it on a frigate or something but uh you know going for the triumph is yeah it's yeah. not as useful uh what, were you pretty much set that you wanted to have three heroes then? Yeah. Um, I always wanted to have at least one combat hero per frigate just to support mm -hmm. the units and also to be harder to kill. The navigator sure has a three up, but only five wounds. So having a second hero, since pretty much Drecky and the navigator were always hanging out in the secondary frigate with the admiral in his mm -hmm. flagship, 
So just having a second hero being able to be there to issue all-out defense to a frigate um, if the navigator gets sniped since people really mm-hmm. don't like him, I felt <laughs> was uh, pretty useful. Yeah. Yeah, I found a couple people. I found a couple people during the tournament being like, "Dude, who keeps doing that?" Okay, he is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, keep playing against a local here, Brian Cox, with his beastmen, and he always yeah. just tries to use that uh, that heroic action to just murder the yeah. uh, the navigator from off yeah. the board. <laughs> yep. You know, Ian, I was going back and forth whether I wanted to play the same exact list that I had, but in Barrackzon, and I was trying to see if, you know, what would be better, getting the all of the engine riggers, or in your case, the wardens, plus one to hit or wound, or giving them plus one attack with, with Brock. And it's actually a lot closer than you would think, but it's an interesting thought experiment to, um, to think about how uh, either putting everything in Zon and giving him plus one to hit or wound on the charge or putting him in NAR with Brock Runson to give him plus one attack. And the math is pretty close, but it's definitely uh, um, interesting because we had similar lists, but obviously just very different styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like yeah. we discussed also with the... Because you were asking when you were putting your list together on you know what I think was better, my the Zahn or doing NAR with Brock. Mm-hmm. And I told you what my reasoning was for doing Zahn is because I'm a notoriously horrible roller that I really <laughs> need those twos and twos to even connect with anything. Mm-hmm. The extra, I would, I probably re- would run this in NAR with Brock Grunson if I was more of a reliable roller, but I roll so many twos that I just... I had to build the list to get around my horrible rolling. I just want to say for a second that Ian is not exaggerating. I have played against him several times in tournaments, especially when I was playing uh, a lot of Nurgle. Um, I have watched a lot of his games. Ian is not exaggerating. He must, and it's not that he just rolls ones and twos or just rolls bad like all the time. It's when he needs it the most. Mm-hmm. When there's like a critical moment in the battlefield, he's going for a surgical strike, and he's like, all right, here we go. I just need a four-inch charge, one and a two. Like it's without fail. So he's not just, uh, you know, saying things for the sake of it. it. It's actually true. It's kind of a meme. Yeah. It's, uh, I was actually very happy that this LVO actually rolled average, which for me is rolling hot. Yeah. So yeah. I was super excited that I rolled average and actually one game I rolled over average, which shocked me immensely. <laughs> hey, that's Vegas for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Did but you make up for that? Vegas. Did you make up for the, the good luck on the table with bad luck on the Vegas tables? <laughs> uh, I never, uh, never got to touch the Vegas tables. So. I took all the bad luck on the blackjack table for him. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Yeah, like the other local that's known for their bad rolling is Aaron. And uh, before the first round, Aaron was like, all right, let's let's sh- absorb each other's bad luck. One of us will take all the bad luck for the tournament, and then <laughs> the other one can do well. And luckily, Aaron mm-hmm. took one for the team, and he, he took all my bad luck for this uh, LVO. And there was a there was a, a local GT like the week or two before LVO to sort of like test your list and work out some kinks and um, there was a, a bounty prize where like there was a whole slew of things that if they happened to you during the game you could call the TO over and he'd give you a check mark and whoever had the most 
horrible roles on this whole sheet of thing. Uh, got to wear like this cape and got special prizes, and it was all supposed to be fun. <laughs> and I would have put money that Ian was going to be taking home that prize, but the other notorious terrible roller, Aaron, he uh, won by a landslide. It was pretty funny. Yeah, I got second place in that. He he took it though. <laughs> There's nothing better than creating an incentive structure to roll bad, you know. So just roll crap for the largest third of AOS tournament in the world. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there was anyone microwaving their dice, but to make them roll badly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have a question, not not necessarily specifically for you, Ian, because uh, Jeremy, I I can't remember. Do you, did you have Stormcaller as well? Nope. No. Okay. Well, just for Ian and Matt, then. Uh, how often did you find you did you guys find that even with Stormcaller and rerolling, you still didn't get any ones? Over all the games, I'd say maybe only on two occasions, mm -hmm. like throughout all six games that I played. Well, mm -hmm. nine, including doubles. Um, yeah, maybe two times I didn't get what I was looking for. Three, mm -hmm. maybe at the most. It happened to me one time, but I really just needed one one, and it wasn't even for the half move. I just needed to get rid of Dreicha, who was on one mm -hmm. wound left, and I did because I wanted to be able to shoot um, his Belfano, So, but I had to devote um, those shots to killing Dreicha because I rolled all six dice, didn't get any ones. I got like mm -hmm. four sixes, and then re-rolled them, and I, just get, I didn't get anything, and I was like, the one time I just need the D3 mortals, not even yeah. for the half move. Yeah, but it happened to me one once one key time mm. uh okay so uh did you did you even if you use the sixes much so myself i'm didn't use it too often um mm -hmm. actually the funny thing is the re-rolling uh one of those instances was looking for sixes and i didn't get any sixes on that one <laughs> so out of the two or three times one of them was looking for sixes the other times were looking for ones um but most of the time i didn't really need the sixes just because your 14 inch move with all the uh, frigates and then the uh, command the skies from the admiral i used that pretty much every single game mm -hmm. and um yeah, and then the fly high with the second frigate. I didn't really need the sixes too often. It was just like in one or two cases that I needed yeah. it. There were two okay. cases where I did use it, and I was actually looking for it, and it just came in so perfect because, like we talked about earlier, being able to run and shoot and still charge rather than having to rely on fly high and be outside of a of a nine inch uh, barrier is just comes in so handy. And sometimes that extra four or five inch movement really just makes the rest of it just seamless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I find that I don't use it very often, but the fact that it's D three plus three rather than just like D six, it's just, it's, it's, it's right. I think, cause it just makes it, you know, at least there's a certain amount of guarantee that you go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to move at least four, which is, uh, which is good. Um, Cool. Uh, so, uh, Ian, you we, we mentioned earlier you played against a lot of greenskins. Um, <laughs> was were there any of your games uh, that you wanted to specifically talk about, or that you found difficult? Or yeah, yeah. so um, 
like definitely my first game against Chris and his cruel boys was mm-hmm. definitely one of those games that priority super mattered because of you know, I could kill one of his units of uh since he was running two sludge raker beasts and two units of uh the manskewer bolt boys. I could get rid of one reliably in a turn, but not be able to get rid of the second of each of those units. So fishing for that priority really uh, made it close. And luckily I got that uh, priority when I needed it to be able to get up there. He played a little cagey on the first turn, barely moved up a little bit. I did the same thing and we really did nothing on the first turn. And then second turn and onwards, we were just in the mix of it. But um, definitely um, my third um, my third game versus the Boingrat Bounder list, that one was really, uh, really just a slog because it was three units of 10 Boingrat Bounders with all the support and two big units of... Uh, stab us to screen him and everything but he got all of his units back pretty much once um so that was just a really big back and forth um getting out to the end and then of course my round five versus greg he's a great uh, player and luckily for me his uh, armor saves weren't very good and i was able to punch through all of that high uh armor of all of his trolls and he luckily didn't get any of his units back he uh he just couldn't roll that four up so being able to only have to deal with his troll units once was uh definitely moved in my favor cool um, was that greg and- Ruhr? yeah um, yeah, Greg Brewer, the local uh, SoCal player, Gloom Spike Kids player, really, really good player. Yeah, uh, and you said that was round five, so yeah. I mean, if he was playing against you round five, he must be a good player because uh, that would have been top tables. Um, and of course, uh, so they were your first five games, uh, but because of the nature of the tournament, uh, with there being 300, was it 341 we said? Or 343, something like that. Um, there were 11 five o's so obviously they had a system uh to generate basically uh uh they took the the top players everyone that went five and oh and then did like a mini tournament with those um unfortunately in the way it worked uh basically it felt that some of the players got a buy in the first round of that and because of their number of players you unfortunately didn't get that buy and then you, you had your next game against uh, Cities of Sigma, didn't you? Yeah, so the way that it turned out, there were 11 5-0s at the end of game five. So if you were placed one through five, you got a guaranteed into the top cut for the next day. And if you finished six through 11th, you had to play a sixth round on day two to be able to get into that top eight cut. So... Um, the the thing was is that they went top down for those pairings so unfortunately Mm -hmm. i finished sixth which was one off from not having to play in the shadow round so Mm -hmm. i had to play against seventh place which was gavin's steam tank cities list Mm -hmm. and then um 
eighth had to play ninth and tenth had to play eleventh. So mm-hmm. I think tenth and eleventh were both cruel boys and they had to do cruel boys on cruel boys, <laughs> which I unfortunately didn't get to see, but that would have been fun with <laughs> nobody can shoot each other outside of twelve. What can oh, they're, they they're do against very each other? Cruel boys. They were very different cruel boys too. It was yeah. the best game of LVO. <laughs> that wasn't even on the stream. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I had to play like out of all the undefeateds that the steam tank list was the only list that i knew i didn't have any game into mm-hmm. and unfortunately i had to run into it on the shadow round i would have rather played it in the top eight you know mm-hmm. been able to you know lose in there but um yeah the uh, it didn't uh, turn out too well um yeah it, i did as good as i could on turn one he pretty he i gave him top of one he killed all of my arcanaut company and um give me just one second i need to plug in my headset because it's dying <laughs> Got it. well while he's doing that it looks like there's a question in the chat from uh, clayton healman yeah. and uh he's asking uh, ian which he's just about to re- tell us uh clayton in the chat <laughs> did you try to alpha strike the steam tanks yeah, so on turn one, is all his steam tanks went and killed all my Arcanaut company, so I didn't have anything to go grab points on their own. I had to dedicate, uh, you know, Sky Wardens or anything like that. So my mm-hmm. turn one, when I got um, going, I was able to. He had two of his steam tanks. No, one of his steam tanks was out of order range. So the one thing, I actually hadn't played against new cities up until this point, but I've heard all the horror stories from everybody. So (laughs) I had a plan going into it, and the plan was don't shoot them, um, which sucks for KO. (laughs) But uh, turn one, one of his steam tanks was out of the uh, order range, so pretty much my whole army just shot at it. But you know, mm-hmm. it has a zero up armor save because of the Alchemite Warforger and all that defense. Mm-hmm. So I was still able to put some damage onto it. Um, and then I charged both my frigates into the two steam tanks that were um, guarding kind of his uh, south end. He had three steam tanks with the commander at the top, two steam tanks at the bottom, and then there's an impassable that was running mm-hmm. in between it to block in all of his juicy targets in the back. And I was able to kill the two steam tanks that were guarding the south end with uh, my frigates charging in and all my attacks. He's bound to roll you know, low at some point with all mm-hmm. the attacks I throw out there. So... Was able to kill the two steam tanks. I won priority into uh, top of two, which was definitely something that I needed. And that was the turn where I wasn't able to shoot anything because everything was within uh, order range. So it pretty much was just dropping bombs and then everybody getting inside the frigates and then charging into his other targets. So Mm -hmm. unfortunately, though... I left his one of his command cores on one wound left on oh. one model. Mm-hmm. Uh, I killed his Alchemite Warforger, and I did, I think I did seven or eight damage to his, um, to, uh, I don't know, I'm blanking on the name, the uh, the guy with the uh, battle mage on top that shoots mortal wounds. Yeah, the Huracanum. Yeah, okay. I, um, <laughs> yeah, so I only did like seven or eight damage to it. So, it would have been a lot better if I was able to finish off uh, that one unit of command core and the 
and the Huracanum. But yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. to be, and then he was able to clap back and then um, kill one of the uh, the frigates, and then I lost a couple units in the in the attack back, and then he rallied back his deny uh, the command ability, the whisper blade or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that on my turn three made it so that uh, he. I failed a Blake six inch charge and he denied me a reroll. So I failed my battle tactic and then the game was oh. pretty much over at that point. So, Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh cities is a, it's, it's kind of annoying to play against. Uh, I've only, I've only experienced once so far with the noon book, but that, you know, we, we, Matt, you mentioned about not relying on fly high. Well, against cities, you definitely can't rely on it because you know, on a four plus, you don't get to fly high potentially. Right. Um, yeah. No, I, I didn't play cities at this tournament, but I did uh, at the LVO prep GT. And it was funny because uh, I used the four up rally in my turn. And then mm-hmm. so my opponent tried to deny that. Um, mm-hmm. And then so I had two command points left. And I'm like, okay, well, because of Brock or the Admiral and prosecute wars with all haste. I have two ways to get to you and I can either, so I, I can use command the skies and either you try to deny that and that's your two tries and then I'll be able to fly high mm-hmm. or you don't deny it. And then I'm not even going to try to fly high. Cause now I can just run it. So it was a really yeah. um, playing, playing cities is like playing a game of that old PC game minesweeper where you're trying to figure mm-hmm. out like, Who's got countershoot? Well, you, you, this guy is here, so he's next to this unit. So this guy probably mm-hmm. has countershoot, but this one over here's probably got countercharge. And are you going to try to deny this? Yeah, we lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that thinking, and then oh look, it, I don't have an army anymore. Mm-hmm. We actually lost you for half of that map. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Your internet is going yeah, great. Doing sorry, great. sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, no, the, the the shooting back is uh, annoying as well because they don't have to shoot the unit that's shot, and they can just shoot at anything, and it's just annoying. I'm, I'm enjoying this entire moment here because you guys are complaining about the same mechanics I'm using in my army, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even playing cities. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's uh, segue onto you, onto uh, onto Jeremy's uh, list. But before we do. We do have a question from the chat, uh, which is uh, a bit of a segue, but it, uh, ignoring all the sky draws, what tea are you drinking in? Uh, it's just a uh, an herbal tea with some uh, licorice root and mint and stuff. It's just it's a tasty uh, tasty beverage. Tasty beverage. There we go. I don't know if you know Alexander Marquez and if, if that's a running joke between you two or whether he's disinterested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's a local here. Ah, okay. Is there, are you both tea aficionados? Uh, he anytime he's over, I I make tea and he will partake. So <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, okay, so Jeremy, your list then. Uh, so you're about Monar. Uh, 1990 points, two drops uh, because of double battle regiment again. Uh, so you had uh, Admiral with X Grunstock uh, as his command trait, uh, Chemist with the Nullstone icon, a Navigator with a Voidstone Orb because why would you not? Because <laughs> yeah. the Voidstone Orb is really good at the moment. <laughs> um, 
And then as your battle line, two units of 10 Fundras uh, with mixed weapons, although one of them had mortars and the other one didn't. Yep. And a gun hauler with collapsible compartments, uh, because that's just really efficient. And six engine riggers with two drill cannons yep. and the rest swords and pistols. And then two frigates, one of which was the flagship. Yep. Um, all, yeah, all in double battle regiment. So... I mean, my first question is, why Mornar? Uh, well, if you didn't like cities, and you definitely don't like Mornar. <laughs> like, let's just put it that way. I know, like, uh, I mean, the loose, the loose concept is, uh, I played at every winter uh, a few weeks before LBO, and there was about 20% of the field was KO. So I knew I was probably going to play KO. I also mm -hmm. thought I might play uh, against OBR or Gits or... Uh, you know, corn. Uh, and uh, let me tell you, having the ability to prevent uh, uh, any command ability, even if it's only a 33% chance, is an insanely high probability of throwing in your favor mechanics that shouldn't be. I'll explain why in the mirror in a second. Uh, mm -hmm. But for the most part, you also probably notice I picked Slaughter Sorcery as a grand strat instead of Rule mm -hmm. Disguise, uh, because in a mirror, I am starting the game with basically a, almost a borderline six point advantage because I have to blow up your boats. <laughs> and I uh, get six points. So like it's it, it's a very much designed for a mirror situation. Uh, and then mm -hmm. there's no trading with some people. It's the same thing as return fire, except it's once per game and it's you know non-boat units. But mm -hmm. for the most part, in a mirror, it actually shuts down a lot of shooting uh, into mm -hmm. the things that are going to matter in the second half of the game. Because uh, the boats are nice in the first half to get up to speed. But really, at the second half of the game, it's the Thunders that do all the work. Arguably, the Thunders do all the work all the time, but <laughs> once the boats get in there, they're uh, they're there. And then, uh, so that's like mostly like all the design around like, hey, I designed this list to play into KO. I wanted to, okay. and I got lucky. I played against two KO armies, very different armies. Mm -hmm. I played a party boat with thunder, like fifteen Thunders, and I played um, basically uh, uh, Yuri with uh, all you know engine riggers and two you know Alpha Strike charge uh, frigate list, uh, mm -hmm. and in both games, it was basically over by the end of turn two. Um, so that matchup is so one-sided. Uh, what can be so one-sided so one that the games are very predictable and boring most of the time. Mm -hmm. In terms of why Barak Mornar in those mirrors, um, it you know, uh, pre preventing all-out attack when Thunders get within 12 of you is pretty good. <laughs> it's a pretty good tactic. Uh, it's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty powerful. Uh, also preventing Sky High or disengage or anything is really good uh and then uh just finally like you know inspiring presence like having because that's what really ko lacks is race to remove inspiring presence uh and having access to that for basically no investment is very powerful and you know you know there's ways you know i always teach all my opponents how you basically that mechanic works so you know they know it's the issuing model it has to be with 12 like there's ways around it but in the mm -hmm. second half of the game, like, you know, against my list, like everybody's within 12 anyway, so it doesn't really matter at the end of the mm -hmm. day. It's also really good into OBR. That's how I beat OBR uh, at every winner, which is basically mm -hmm. that one time you turn off the bludgeon mechanic when they charge your frigate, and you're like, cool, now that frigate has a chance to survive, and it did, mm -hmm. great. Uh, or turning off Catacross's ability, or turning off redeploys. Like, it's just, it's so, uh, against Corn. Uh, I turned off, you know, somebody, somebody trying to make a, uh, a long bomb charge uh, with 3d6 at 12 inches, and then they failed it, and then I stopped the reroll, and they were very sad. Uh, you know, cut their pants and down the wind, effectively. So good. Uh, so there's a lot of reasons why you take, you know, you take Barak Mornar. It's just in this in this mm -hmm. current environment where basically there's a massive premium on command abilities. It's just so much more 
important to be able to stop them. Like if you think mm -hmm. whisper blades are bad, imagine an entire army that does it on the five up effectively. Mm -hmm. It's also a good counter for rally on gits. Um, it really, really annoys them when you tell them like <laughs> they can't just rally really nilly. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, no, there's a lot of good reasons into that. And then the only techie thing I put was I put the engine riggers in the gun hauler because it lets me uh, do the battle tactics later in the half of the game once mm -hmm. things get diminished uh, because it gives me another unit to disembark or reembark and, and so forth and so forth. They, they they operate more as like a support firing unit than they do mm -hmm. as a combat unit anyway in my list. The drill launchers are just nice because sometimes you want to push some you know random damage on a small hero where you don't have to overcommit mm -hmm. anything else. But yeah, I mean, it's just shooty. It's just shooty KO that predicts, you know, how your opponent, you know, plays the game. And then you try to play on the edges of that to force them into taking risky maneuvers. And then when they don't, when that doesn't pay out for them, you get massively rewarded. And then when they do get it, you hope they're overextending from it. And then you punish them for that. So it's, it's you know, trying to play that game. Yeah, that's it. That's pretty good to me. That was a lot of information. <laughs> I'll take questions. Never. Jeremy, no. I, <laughs> <That's> yeah, <it. laughs> I actually have a question for you, Jeremy. So uh, um, obviously a lot of the value in the frigate is being able to uh, charge and then immediately get out and then always strike first, right? That's where a lot of the frigate's yes. uh, value is coming from. Do you, so you don't, you don't think about or uh, worry about losing some of the value by stuffing thunderers in there, which are typically, I'm assuming, not charging uh, in your list? Uh, I charge all the time on my list. You know, no, that's, mean, why, that's what you have fumigators for. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Tell me so, more about that. Uh, fumigators are at the end of combat. Two, you roll uh, dice for each fumigator in a unit. You pick an enemy unit in three. On a two up, it does D3 mortal wounds. So if you have two, you roll two D, two D, potentially two D3 mortal wounds. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time with the random mortal wound from the pecking bird, uh, and then the charge mortal wounds on boat and everything, and actually like pushes enough damage to finish off some annoying things. Mm -hmm. uh, against Gavin, like the fumigators would have been the best, you know, solution I had against the the tanks. But uh, I will be honest, like you know, I rarely ever disembark out of the boat to strike first, mostly because I like having the uh, you know the ability to sequentially trigger like mechanics, like effectively, like having to be able to see what my opponent does for pylon before I commit to a pylon and, and so forth and so forth. I like to uh, sometimes there's a there's an opportunity cost to disembarking and doing the strike first. And this list doesn't really get to maximize that anyway. There's rarely ever. The only argument you'd make is so that way, you know, for you know, so you prevent your boat from getting surrounded and then just blowed up automatically, which happened against Gavin uh, specifically. But it was the only game I had where that actually happened the entire tournament. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, like I had such a horrendous, horrendous, horrible turn two. That like it didn't really matter anyway. Like if you blew up that <laughs> uh like it just the game was just over just because of like turn two just dice uh from from the mechanic. So it like it, it's just it's it's a matter of like you know getting the few mitigators when they need to be to maximize the potential mortal win output to finish off things like uh and then push, you know, you're trying the the thunders are trying to basically pick off the big targets, but having that extra mortal wound. Output and lets you basically finish off things with like five up wards, which I played a lot against. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, they, I charged a lot of this list. It was not as as passive as it looks. Well, I withdraw my snarky combat, a snarky <laughs> comment about you not charging into combat. <laughs> very, very great perspective. Thank you. I don't charge much. turn one if that's what you're asking. I, I might what? charge turn two. <laughs> but you're a Corsair. I, I charge turn one. 
I think this tournament was the first tournament I actually did boots on the ground, turn one, two games. Wow. Which <laughs> was odd. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not often turn one uh, when you when you commit that much. <laughs> but it, uh, you know, um, you know that that's really interesting, Ian, because and Jeremy, because like um, many 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 games. In fact, all of my games, I don't think I did a single charge turn one, and I think that's what my opponents expected. To okay, uh, I'm just gonna slam into you right from yep. the very beginning. But most of the time, I picked off a little ancillary unit on the side with opening salvo, got a battle tactic, scored a point or two, but really was just kind of feeling out my opponent, getting some early points, letting things sort of spread out a little bit, right? But mm-hmm. um, I think it's interesting that you guys were a little bit more aggressive than I was with my list, and people would have assumed that it would have been the other way around. Yeah, sometimes it kind of forces you into it. Like both my games versus Gits, they both had Scrag Rot. And just being able to have a mobile moon and having that uh, finger laser is really dangerous. So <laughs> in both my Glimspite Git games, I just had to remove Scrag Rot on turn one just to yeah. prevent that uh, from happening. So yeah. Um, Good call. And especially with like Boingrot bounders always have to get the charge to be able to really do their full potential. So being yeah. able to, even if I don't kill the unit, at least tie it up yeah. with a frigate um, mm-hmm. so that they, you know, don't get the charge in. That's, that was really beneficial too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's a good assessment. Uh, Jeremy, a quick question about your list. Uh, the one unit of funders having the mortars and the other unit not. Was that just so you could sort of dedicate, you know, one unit that had the tech and one that didn't? And yeah, yeah. I mean, like I end up playing against like two monster truck lists. I'm bloody glad I didn't have two mortars in the other. Yeah. Yeah. I just for the extra. Also, the you know they're both 18 inch range, but like sometimes like you know I need a thunder unit to like basically pressure like a single like a single character. So like there's a unit that does that, and then there's a mm-hmm. unit that doesn't. Uh, and then also it's just, yeah, it's just mechanically like that's the decision uh, behind it. So, yeah. Jeremy, I have another question. I, uh, uh, I think when you, somebody sees 20 Thunderers in a list, they're going to assume, okay, who's holding the Celestium Burst Grenade? Obviously you've got the Voidstone Orb. The Voidstone Orb is incredibly powerful in a meta that includes Blizzard and Primal Dice, but did you ever give a, a thought to throwing, uh, the, the Burst Grenade in to remove uh, from the shooting phase? I think you're just setting me up because I've explained this in our private Discord many times. Uh, the burst grenade is uh, is it's like it's a cool thing, but like I rather have poison because most I mean like you get to you know bang that what the burst grenade does with it as well because a lot of ward saves are basically uh, spell based, so you can have the ability to turn off you know ward saves like Lumen F ones or Sylvan F ones or uh whatever there's a bunch of spells that you know generate like some kind of work save and you know you you can kind of get your value buff from that but your ko is not the army that typically like unless your opponent is going to make like you know you know 60 five up saves uh five up wards like you know you can just usually blow through the wards uh it's not like an army that has like literally the value that it get you know it, it has that you know most of your targets are going to be overkill unless you're playing against team tanks which is a different equation, uh, which, you know, don't have any ward saves. So it's a different problem altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like in, in a sense, like, you know, the burst grenade also depending on a two up, I don't, I don't, I don't, 
I don't like depending on the two of. I'm sure Ian doesn't like either. <laughs> doesn't like it either. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The, uh, other thing, Jeremy, I don't know if you use it too often. I never use it. Have you ever used the bring every gun to bear on the Admiral? Nope. Yeah, I think for me it's a dead ability. I'm not sure if anyone else has used it. One hundred percent. I mean, not being it, not having you not be able to move just makes it. No, thank you. No, it's potentially you. You might be able to use it later in the game if you're already in combat or something. But I've never actually personally used it. Okay. I think I think Max has mentioned he has, but. I, I will explain, um, and this is like, I, I'm not going to turn it into a random uh, um, cities, but the Steam Tank list is effectively a KO list. It's mm -hmm. what it does. It's effectively just a KO list. Uh, the difference is that uh, everything KO does, which is a resource-based constraint, cities does with no resource involvement. Mm -hmm. uh, because when you think, what, like, as Ian brought up, asked, like, do you use a command ability that lets you get an extra shot on your weapons if you don't move? No. I guess what Steam <laughs> Tanks do. They do that for free. Yeah. <laughs> and they get to move. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you, you spend a command ability to run and charge and shoot? Guess what? Steam Tanks do that also for free. <laughs> you, yeah. you do mortal wounds on the charge? They do mortal wounds on the charge. They have cannons and small arms arms. They have cannons and small arms. The you know, one thing Steam Tanks do better, uh, you know, and, and you know, much better is their combat prowess. Mm -hmm. Having uh, six attacks are threes and threes run one, two damage is pretty good. I wish I had that mm -hmm. on frigates. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, it's it's literally like, it's playing, into a, it's playing into a KO list that just happens to have, like, you know, it's a PC rough save and mortal wound and shooting, uh, which, you know, there's a reason why uh, mortal wound and shooting for when it was very popular in KO went away very quickly. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like the sins of the past didn't make it into that book. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But yeah, it's like it's basically a KO list. So you approach it the same way you should dismantle a KO list. The difference is there's just so much more efficient at everything KO do does effectively. It's out of speed. Speed is their only real constraint. And even then, like, you know, they can run and charge and shoot. And they're basically like uh like well they move. can also advance as well where they get yeah. the plus plus three move and plus stuff three and move this. and they can give yeah. two two steam tanks automatic six inch run. Uh, because it's tank commander, so like, effectively, they're very fast. Like, I think one of when I played Gavin, one of his team tank moved like almost like thirty inches before charging me and shooting me. So I was like, "This is a cool mechanic. I enjoy this." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, they uh, they also I'm I, I don't know about you, Ian, but on the table I played, uh, they told us the walls were purely cosmetics on the terrain, so he could just barrel through <laughs> all the terrain on his team tanks. I was like, I'm so glad I fly, but fly. I'm like you were. <laughs> oh, uh, that's interesting. You just went <laughs> yeah, through yeah. the walls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I had that steam tank basically do a what's it called a Kool Aid Man move, like hey, <laughs> and I just through the walls. Like, Hello. <laughs> I mean, I told you I that. Mean, it is a tank, that? So. Uh, like it's all Gareth. They they basically well at first yeah. Uh, um, no. Uh, what's his name? Gavin thought it was all the walls, and then I asked, "Are you kidding me? Is it really all the walls?" So Gareth no. That, the uh, and he said, the... "No, these two walls on the other end of the tables are not uh not you know cosmetic." Yeah, I, uh, like, cool. I would have. <laughs> I, 
I, I would have challenged that a little bit harder because that's a total deviation from the core rules of the game. I mean, it's it's what you know, as long as I knew before the game was played, like I didn't want to be like surprised yeah. when I got like, halfway through, like, ah, oh, these walls don't do anything. Cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, they blocked my attack, which is nice, you know, for him. Uh, <laughs> no, it was it was uh, it playing that game was just like so. I watched the end uh, for context because I'm I, I can talk about the other games, but I think everybody wants to talk about like that specifically that game. I watched mm-hmm. Ian play his game, and my first gut was, you know, I should have sat down with Ian probably before the game and, like, you know, explain what my th- my thought process of how to approach that list was, um, re- like, remove the hurricane as fast as possible, work mm-hmm. on the Warforger next, and then, like, the command core, and then, like, basically, that's my order of operation, and just, like, ignore the tanks as much as possible, because there's just... The math to kill them is so staggeringly annoyingly like uh like the probability curve that, that just killing one tank and the more wound output is so unlikely that like you might as well pick off other things to get value prop for the second half uh and that's what i try to do in my game i, I try to I, I i you know gavin pop find a sour in his hericonum uh and then i sh- didn't shoot the hericonum turn one i shot command course and one guy lived with one wound i made a, a small deployment mistake where i couldn't bring uh or yeah, I didn't. I couldn't bring my second frigate into shooting range of it because he stopped the um, sky eye. But I didn't. I didn't need to sky eye. I could have just deployed like better. I knew he was going to make me go first, but I still deployed conservatively just in case. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also a difference. Like I think if we, because we're both me and he had a two drop, and Gavin as well as a two drop. If I had one who went first on turn one, I would have made him go first, mm-hmm. and he would have been. He would have lost an entire round of shooting. Uh, and then if I went, uh, he made me go first. So I had to basically, I picked off, I tried to max minimize the amount of shots he can bring tanks into me, like the 12 inch ones or 15 inch ones with his artifact. Uh, and he, you know, obviously, you know, that, that, you know, he so managed to get three. I didn't kill the command core. He ended up on his turn, bottom of turn, rallying two back. He picked magical dominance, miscast on the first cast, but it wasn't a Warforger. So I, I, the guy that was like, I have an auto unbind guy on that one, like, and then he miscast. So I was like, cool. So I like, don't get to stop at that one. So he cast the Warforger. He almost miscast. Like he like, he almost like super roll roll. Just rolls a primal dice. And he has a one, by the way, in that roll. Throws a primal dice, rolls a six, throws another primal dice, rolls another six, so I don't even get a chance to unbind it. And I was like, awesome. Mm. <laughs> All the mortal wounds on the tank's not active. And that's literally was, how you build a frigate. Was he rolling three dice at the cast, yeah. or was he only doing two yeah. with some of them? Yeah, we didn't know, like, at the time, like, I did not know if you roll two ones, uh, and then, you know, another result on the third dice, it doesn't count as a miscast for normal casting. So, in a sense, like, if we had played it correctly, he would have dropped his battle tactic turn one. It didn't matter anyway because my turn he ended up winning turn two prime as well made me go first again i had just lost a frigate at that point i had i been able to stop the mortal wounds the frigate would have been like alive and fully back up to speed because like honestly you just didn't have the opportunity to just like fully blow up a frigate about the mortal wound and then my turn two shooting was horrendous like i shot into um he put everything into a garrison because he also got to control how tr- uh he, he put everything into a garrison and I literally could not hit anything in the garrison. <laughs> that minus one was really punishing. And then the plus one saving everything. So his Warforger, like his command core that I didn't kill the first turn, survived in it. Uh, so did the Warforger. Then I had to charge into it to finish off the Warforger. I did manage to kill the Hurricanum on my turn two, which was huge. Uh, like fairly easily. It's not like that thing is very tanky. 
Uh, and then uh, it also was a terrain feature that was all mystical. So we had a six up wards the entire time. <laughs> so it was a little, you know, added insult to injury, but it didn't really matter. My dice were so cold, like I wasn't really causing that many wounds. And then at that point, like the game, like he went in, blew up the frigate, uh, like literally to a T, I think he like, he, he flubbed all of his like enchanted rapier swings, which was another kind of like, why does that unit have that? <laughs> why does it have these tools? Uh, and then uh, he he literally I think he killed it like to the last model activating. So like he wow. literally there was a chance like you could have whiffed and like not kill it at all, which could have wow. swung the game back again. If I had yeah. kept prio, that was another whole conditional mm -hmm. step onto it. But like yeah, no, like it, it was a game of more like I made a deployment mistake, and then he won every important sequence rolls, and then he got uh, primal cast uh, on the one spell that mattered in that matchup. So all these things into combination was just like the game was kind of like dice dependent. I don't like I honestly thought because I had the upper end of pushing because I was going to effectively I think the game was going to if I it was a closer math game, he could have dropped. It's really hard for Kale to drop battle tactics. It's really easy for his list to drop battle tactics. And then I was looking at like scoring my grand strat automatically because I'm going to focus on killing all of his wizards. And then he was maybe going to potentially drop his grand strat depending on how the game would go. Uh, and then so that six point swing with like another one or two battle tactic drop would have put him into a situation where he like he can't, or maybe would have won that one point. Like this is the margins I was looking at at best. Mm -hmm. And obviously that didn't happen. That's that that army is just like it's not the steam tank list that's problematic it's just literally the command core it's just like it's such a stupid unit <laughs> that you can have two of them with but the steam tanks are powerful for sure they're probably a little bit under costed but it's like it's basically a frigate it's just literally as effective as a frigate and it just doesn't carry anybody inside so i don't know if i would like I would but like you said there's just no there's no resource there's no resource investment to do all of the cool shit that you can do no, like I, I think like surgeons basically fixing tanks is probably not a well-designed thought process. Like <laughs> I, I do like the fact that like these surgeons are like we are also mechanics. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, see, like, like in KO, the engineers can't heal the the, the, the guys, but yeah. in theirs, the surgeons can heal the the machines. So. Yeah, I yeah. think if the steam tanks dropped the human keyword, I think it definitely would help out because they wouldn't get the plus one to hit from the hurricanum. They wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to be healed by the command core. Yeah. Um, but they yeah, definitely will, having the they also uh, some they'd still get so... the alchemite warforge would yes. still benefit them, but at least they, they lose, lose the plus fire. one. Don't they lose return fire too? Because it has to be a human unit. I yeah. believe so. Yeah, that's that'll be honestly like that was like the thing that was the most like tragedy in that game was that like you know I he has return fire I also have return fire but my return fire is way more conditional than his yeah, uh, yeah. so it's because like, yours is uh, one's okay, boats. Phase. <laughs> so he because... shot only boats <laughs> yeah. like, no it, it's yeah it that that book is you know we we got to uh, LV was the better test uh, for uh, cities and. And the, the role of the, it was actually, I will say, like playing at the table I played on, I got to uh, play right next to Matt Rose, which is, I guess, the rules writer for the head rules writer for AOS. And literally, like, he made, I think he made an off the cuff comment at the start of the game saying, I guess we're going to watch a game of 40K. And I responded with, uh, Whose fault is that? Get him. I mean, like, get him. Like, giving him, like, 
that every time I'd ask Gavin, like, how something worked, and I was like, well, that's really good. And then just looked Matt Rose in the eyes. Like, <laughs> no, that was, uh, I, will, I would not treat it that. Uh, that of course, you know, Gavin's a friend of mine, so him winning was like not a big of a matter. But it was, it was cool to see, like, oh, okay, there's an army out there that just does what Kayla does better. Maybe I'll just, you know, put my frigates, like, because all of his, all of his steam tanks, by the way, were just gun haulers. <laughs> Except for the commander, it was just gun haulers like riding waves. I'm like, great, next Kaolis right there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Everything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> so no, it, it was a uh, that that I I could talk about the other games, but like, honestly, it's just like at that point, like I, I designed my list against Ko and I played two Ko games. Yeah, and then uh, Yuri made a mistake where he put give me Mystical Train. So I just, he went all in on turn one and Mystical basically made the difference or not between him killing, you know, a unit of Thunders down to two models versus four models. Uh, so like that was, I don't know if it would have mattered in the grand spectrum of the game because I just needed the Fumigators to be alive. He mm -hmm. lost all of his like Endrin Riggers on turn one. Between the end group and the fumigators plus on the yeah. shell plus combat some various characters, like he yeah. lost all of them on turn one. Yeah. When you have honors and everything, you just actually just need the unit alive yeah. <laughs> as opposed to just gone. Yeah. <laughs> so at least you yeah. had the opportunity to rally them. Uh, he also didn't know that if you charge, uh, you lose cover. That yeah. was an interesting conversation with him. I was like, oh yeah, the guys in the boat don't have cover anymore. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, they charged. Yeah, and it's like, and I was like, I trying to explain to him. I was like, and he was like, "Oh, that's a valuable lesson to know." <laughs> like, yeah, so, that's a, uh, that's a big thing to that's a big thing, and it, yeah, yeah, that that those like small shooting and like you know melee attacks made a difference because you know only a four up save two wounds a model, and then like he lost one because of he couldn't inspire presence. Mm -hmm. uh he popped all of his command abilities because he was like i'm not even gonna risk the five up i just know i'm not gonna get inspiring presence so he didn't have any cp mm -hmm. to even try at the end of the first one so he lost the unit just through battle shock effectively and the next one was like two models left which made it easy for uh a battle tactic which which mm -hmm. was great as well because he didn't kill anything on oh i think he might have killed the uh the navigator i love like every i don't think my navigators made it made it past the you know you know, game turn one because everybody hates him so much. <laughs> like, poor guys, it's like I just draw maps, man. <laughs> like, leave me alone. <laughs> Yuri, Yuri came over to me after the game he played against you, and we had a conversation about Barak Nar, my list, and Barak Nar and and Brock Runson versus putting everything in Zon. It was a good. He's a good. I really like him. He's a good dude. That's the first time I got a chance to meet him. No, he's good. I played both brothers back to back, like Levon and Yuri. Played Yuri <laughs> right before when he played Gates, and I played Yuri right after. Nice. Uh, so I am the brother uh, murderer, I guess. And in the whole line, um, no, it was. It was uh, LV was always a ton of fun. I, 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 unlike uh, my peers who got into day three, I decided to drink until three in the morning, uh, <laughs> which could, you know, have something to do with my performance against Gavin, but. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I a point of order. I want to make sure that everybody knows that I made sure to tell Jeremy to take it easy the night before we were having fun that night, and I was like, "You got to get up and play, dude. I've got no no consequences here. I don't want people thinking that I uh, kept him out later than he should have been." It's just, it just sucks to make it to day three and none of your friends are like are going out. I'm saying I'm gonna get FOMO, so I'm just gonna go do that instead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. You're in Vegas. Might as well go drinking. So hell yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Cool. Uh. So 
think we covered pretty much everything short of going through every game sort of turn know, by turn, uh, which we don't want to do. Lee, uh, I know I kind of had some uh, diff- I flew uh, flew too high and lost Wi-Fi connection for there for a minute. I mm-hmm. didn't know if I didn't know if you or anybody else had any questions uh, about my list or about any uh, any experiences. Well, there was a question, but Jeremy kindly answered it for us <laughs> because he said he spoke to you after your game and basically knew the answer against Tom. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I was, uh, you know, I had, was unexpectedly undefeated going into the last round. Uh, so I was pretty excited. But every time this happens to me, I play Tom Guan. Like it's happened, like I think three or four times so far. So it was like we kind of talked before pairings went up, and I'm like, you know, we're gonna play, right? This happens every damn time. And then sure enough, we did. But yeah, I made a, I made a, a critical mistake and. I would have been more upset with myself if I had made a change in my game plan and then screwed it up. But, you know, most of my damage comes from melee. And since the blocks of zombies are so large, um, I was just basically following my game plan of putting the most of my damage into the biggest units. I realized too late that I really should have shot the zombies and charged the dogs, not charged the dogs and, and or not charged the zombies and shot the do- the wolves. Um, so I would have been more upset with myself if I deviated from my game plan that had been working and, you know, tried something, but, um, you know, I realized too late that the splashback or you can, I could have charged the zombies as long as I charged sort of the corner of the unit and not just, you know, slammed right into the middle of them. Uh, so had I played a little bit smarter, um, I, it would have been a, it was not, um, uh, 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 he, you know, I don't feel like Tom uh, uh, overly dominated over the game. I didn't have too many engine riggers left, but there were a couple of points where I had a priority gone my way, or um, had I also uh, um, I overshot a unit and I needed to charge it onto the pulse. I needed to charge that unit to get onto the pulse, and I overshot it. So uh, I made a couple of critical mistakes, but that just is a highlight of why Tom is perennially at the top tables and uh the winner of the itc this year because he's just an excellent uh an excellent strategist so um but it was a good it was a good match and um like i said it was a pretty i haven't played too much warhammer in the past year maybe uh 10 or 15 tournament games when previously i might play that in a month or two uh so i was uh really pleased as punch to go 4-0 and then you know have a shot to be uh to be on ian and jeremy's level here <laughs> Funny enough, I still haven't played Tom in AOS. We both come from competitive War Machine, and we ran into each other a bunch in War Machine, but we I just somehow have never played him in AOS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and it's not like, and it's not like, you know, he he used to be a SoCal local, so like, but like I'd fly to Boise and I'd play at Boise Cup and I'd be four and zero oh, and I'm like, oh, there's Tom Guan, like here he comes and here for uh, he moved to Arizona or something and now he's not even in Southern California, but here I am, I'm four and zero. Oh, oh, gotta play Tom. Like <laughs> he's a good dude though. I like Tom. Always a good game. Cool. Um, so I have a sort of two open questions to all three of you uh the first question is after having played the tournament and you know experiencing your games now would you change anything about your lists and then as a tangent to that uh bearing in mind there's a good chance there's a battle scroll coming and 
admittedly, we don't know exactly what is happening, but there's a chance that some KO stuff might go up in points. Is there anything you're thinking about with your list where you where you might take them if uh, if you you know you find you can't afford your current list? Uh, so I don't know if anyone wants to jump in first with that. Sure. Um, also, I am pretty sure my list of post battle scroll would just be illegal, just from yeah. point increase. So I'm just going to. I mean, that's a word that premise I'm missing me. I know I've I've got two think two things in the oven. I want to try uh, playing. I'm technically playing the identical list in a team event in like two weeks because the battle scroll probably it's past the cut cutoff date. But uh, there, I want to try a Barathring list. Um, mm -hmm. There's because I I, I kind of want to try more of a, a foot base, less boats list, just because uh, uh, you know if we can take a command cores, <laughs> like, I take it just for the whisper plate. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. No, no, the uh, and then the other list I'm thinking about is just uh, uh you know once like more Arcanauts, less of everything else because I think Arcanauts are the one thing that's going to still be very efficient because everything else is probably going to get addressed in some point value or another. So working around Arcanauts is going to be, I think Brock plus Arcanauts charging might be fine on top of like what they do in shooting. So I, we'll see mm -hmm. what it goes into going forward. But I think it, that's that's what I'm going to gravitate towards after uh, the battle schools, like how to make Arcanauts work effectively. Not that they don't, just that everything else has been more efficient before. So. How to maximize their value. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So that's what I'm gravitating yeah. towards. Yeah, because I mean, Arcanauts are good value. Yeah. The top list is they're slow and they're not easy to transport in in quantities. But uh, I don't know who knows. Maybe the Iron Cloud will go down in points as well, and you can, you know, shove twenty in there, and you know, that would be pretty, yeah. that could be something. I mean, you're only going to do it once, likely. But <laughs> the uh, the GHB going away also will solve a lot of like kill panics right now. Like mm -hmm. the existence of Horfrost and Blizzard makes kill kind of a weird, like situation. Sense. See ya. Good riddance. Uh, if you don't have to worry yeah. about Blizzard as much, it's going to be a much different game state uh, for Kale. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, do you do you think Voidstone Orb will will be removed from your list with Blizzard and things disappearing, or if you'll keep it? I think so. I think there's an opportunity for like you know not having Voidstone because. You know, you don't have to worry about Horfrost or Blizzard. Um, it, it, it really, like, I mean, I'll, you know, effect being out now in like a week, like the Voidstone is still very good. So the odds are you're probably keeping the Voidstone anyway. But like you, the the thing about the Voidstone is it's like, you don't want to pop it off right at the first Blizzard, right? You want to, you have to like m play around Blizzard for turn one and then save mm -hmm. it maybe for turn two Blizzard or whatever uh, situation. But, you know, it's, it also comes down to how much Seraphon gets hit in the nerf bat battle scroll. So who mm -hmm. knows, right? Like it, right now, like Void Zone is just too much value into the meta as it is, right? It's the reason why you see Null Myriad in almost every OBR list. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just having the ability to counter spell damage because they made spell damage too good this edition uh, that like you want to keep it around. But yeah, I, I, I still don't know what the solution is. Uh, you know, if they price hike Thunders, Frigates, Edrin Riggers. 
I don't know. I don't think Skywarders would be attacked in terms mm -hmm. of point cost because you know I think Ian is the only person that really runs Skywarders mm -hmm. in the environment. So you know they might fly under you know under the clouds here a little bit, but you know they're very good value as well. Uh, but those three units ahead, like are, uh, you know, I would say they're probably on the chopping block if Games Workshop wanted to address them in some way or another. Uh, and then the heroes as well. I think the navigator is probably a super undercosted one. Yeah, uh, for, <laughs> for what he does. Uh, so yeah, it's coming down. Like, can we make KO work of like, uh, Arcanaut company? And, you know, I'm pleased to see that people are doing well with GoTrek. So like, there's, you know, there's an option here, like maybe foot KO isn't like that un unrealistic, uh, where you just deviate from the boats and more into like a normal infantry game. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, it would suck because it's kind of like the image, the icon and the, and, you know, a lot of the sub faction mechanics around that, but doesn't necessarily mean it's like the thing. Like for me, it's always been that's the thing. If I'm playing KO, I want to move three models around. <laughs> right? So mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna have to change my expectation. But that's a good segue, yeah. Ian. What do you think uh, of for your list? Yeah. Uh, before jumping into that, I was just gonna comment off of Jeremy's uh, final comments there. That yeah, definitely seeing a, a points drop in the Ironclad would be nice. Because right now, spending 100 more points and taking two frigates is almost always the correct call, just because frigates are yeah. so much better than the ironclad. Mm -hmm. I can see frigates probably going up in price as well. Yeah. Um, but it'd be nice also to see gun haulers go down in price, because I would love to run more gun haulers. I have five mm -hmm. painted gun haulers that I'd love to return to the table mm -hmm. to just have a fun uh, gun hauler list. Lee, can we pop back to um, Ian's list? Yeah. Uh, Find my mouse. There we go. Yeah. So, you know, since I'm at exactly 2,000, definitely yeah. I'd assume. Good chances are legal. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so, I assume the Navigator's going to go up. Um, those Endron Riggers might go up and the Frigate might go up. So, mm -hmm. I still really. I come from. Uh, playing ogres so i'm an ogre player at heart so i love melee so mm -hmm. that's what uh really uh drew me to this list because mm -hmm. i love the balloon boys and i love melee so in combined arms is how i love to play the game so back in second edition ogres i was running the underguts with uh with the uh, iron blasters and lead belchers and everything back mm -hmm. before they were good in third edition so mm -hmm. that was uh, it was nice when this book came out that the Balloon Boys actually went back to a viable choice compared to the second edition when they were, like, yeah. real bad. So yeah. I'd probably continue to run a similar type of list. Um, like Jeremy said, uh, the Arcanaut Company, uh, they definitely are really good for their points value and being able to mm -hmm. utilize more of them. So this list might change a bit to lose maybe a unit of uh, of Sky Wardens to throw in another unit of Arcanauts that would, that 40 points might be, and then Drekki Flint will probably be downgraded into an Endron Master, mm -hmm. or uh, since I'm running MSU, the Chemist really doesn't benefit me too much, so um, it would probably do, be down to an Endron Master at that point. So um, that's probably how my list would change, but uh, also... You know, seeing how everything else adjusts, it might be good to throw in some gun haulers if they went down in points to swap out mm -hmm. some, do more, 
you know, rely a little bit more on shooting, but still keep some of those melee aspects. Cool. Yeah, I was going to ask about Drekki because I, I remembered obviously when we talked about your list, you, you were choosing between him and an Ender Master. Um, unfortunately, I, I have a, a feeling that just changing Drekki to an Ender Master wouldn't wouldn't be enough of a of a points decrease of you know your potentially Ender Riggers and Frigates went up. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, because they usually do five to ten percent points hikes, so like a five hmm. percent point high for the frigate it's like what uh 15 points yep mm -hmm. so yeah. that's probably not going to be 15 points because they hate things that in and five yeah so. it's probably going to go up 20. 20 yeah 20 yeah. or yeah. 20 plus, riggers yeah. might end up going in line with wardens and then you know his navigator could easily go to 120. i mean i i not everyone uses an admiral but i feel like an apple is good value as well sure potentially, potentially 10 command points so. a turn yeah, yeah right like yeah so yeah i prefer my 2.0 uh admirals when they used to bodyguard mechanic uh <laughs> i don't like the current admiral <laughs> his yeah. abilities are mediocre at best <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's good he's good value but he's just like i i don't i'd be shocked if he goes up in points <laughs> uh, yeah and then having that uh etheric burst grenade on his war scroll last edition oh, yeah too, that was, was nice uh, that was nice on the war scroll yeah 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 <laughs> uh matt was there anything with your list either you know factoring in the battle scroll or just generally so mm -hmm. um i i am going to go out on a limb and i'll say i think that the frigates are going to go up 20. I think the engine riggers will go up 10 in line with the uh, Sky Warden. So if you, and then I actually expect the Ironclad and I'll say, I'll predict it goes down 20. So mm -hmm. if, if we consider that, or if we consider the engine riggers go up 10 a piece, that means my list goes up by 60, six, 60 points. And mm -hmm. so if I'm lucky and if the gun hauler drops 10, as well as the Ironclad 20, or maybe the Ironclad drops a spicy 30 points that means <laughs> that means that my list stays at 2000 so i wouldn't uh, have to change i hate to burn right <laughs> on your brain but you missed out the navigator then oh yeah you're right. <laughs> <laughs> now the navigator now, uh, that can be allied into like other armies as well and it's really the, good so the other option that i would have <laughs> is that i could just simply downgrade the engine master and take away his dirigible suit and save 80 points there however yeah. The one of the cruxes of this list is the fact that all my all my eggs are in one basket, but that is mm -hmm. one hard to break basket, right? Because mm -hmm. of all the healing that the engine riggers do to yeah. the ironclad. Um, yeah. So, so it would suck to have to lose that plus one to those repair rolls, but mm -hmm. um, I have that. And then also, I've been thinking about this. If I really needed to, I could switch to a Barrackson list downgrade uh brock runson to mm -hmm. maybe an admiral to keep that command ability um so i have a few number of ways if you want if i want to play the party boat mm -hmm. i want to play the booze cruise i'll still be able to um right. but um I, go ahead i was gonna say like if we're gonna talk about what we want to see i want to see <laughs> the uh the 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 lawyer i forgot his name yeah actual code code right. uh, i want that to be our terrain feature i just want that to be free because <laughs> <laughs> I really do not see that model in any KO list <laughs> like, uh, at all. <laughs> I have I have actually been using it recently. I will say it has not been good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the reason I've been using it is because I've been running a list with 
uh, in Zon, and mm-hmm. I had two heroes, and I wanted to have a third hero in the boat just to get in and out of the boat with the three units. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I originally had the Ender Master, so I was like, oh, okay, I don't really use him much. As I, what else could I try? And I thought, oh, I'll try the code right. Maybe some of his abilities will become in useful. Yeah. They never yeah. have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they have never. I, I, yeah, it's not happened. And and the extra command point in Zon is like the you don't need it because everything's like got all out attack on the charge anyway. So <laughs> yeah, that, that our book is so point efficient or so command point efficient that like mm-hmm. almost anything that gives us command. Like I was like every time you invest in him, like if you build a list with him, you like you drop him for the uh, triumph, and it's just better. Unless you literally just need a body, which is what I want in my list. You just, I need a body to get in and out of the boat. And I can't, I was trying to make it work with Fundrix Profiteers. So I'd have like a hero and then like a unit that I could just throw, throw, run towards the edge of a board for Surround and Destroy, but can't quite make it fit. So, but uh, you know, that's my ass. Let's let's pick out our terrain feature. The the uh, the the rules uh, the the uh, the courthouse the rules courthouse uh, terrain feature. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, um, you know I love uh, Brock Grunson's model, so that's also mm-hmm. one of the main reasons why I wanted to run him. But if I had to cut him to save some points, so if I really I think the uh, I think the uh, the the booze cruise party boat could could build could continue on. One of the reasons why I played it was I saw a couple people running it. It just seemed like a cool list. I was going to be in Vegas, and I'm like, why not just try kind of like a fun list and. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's going to either lose or win really quickly. And that ended up being the case because my first four games didn't go past an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, uh, but no, but uh, uh, what I'm looking for towards in the future, you know, um, I know he's not here today, but uh, uh, our fellow, um, you know, uh, gunnery sergeant uh, Max has a really cool uh, gun hauler spam list. And, uh, well, he um, sold it off Kron, but <laughs> oh, did he really? Okay, okay. Well, then, well, he's the uh, Thunderer from Down Under. Uh, mm. Stole it from him, but no, I think that has a, a really interesting uh, play to it. And I also love uh, painting um, the gun haulers in weird ways. I'm experimenting with this uh, cloaking mm. effect, which I've shared some photos with you guys uh, in the Aethercast chat and. Um, it's been a lot of fun to play with that. And I am a little too scared to do that to an, an entire, uh, ironclad. So I don't <laughs> mind doing that on the, on the little gunboat. So I might yeah. move in that direction. Um, or mm. even if they're not super point efficient, just play with thunderers. Cause I haven't yet. So. Yeah. Uh, gun haulers are in an interesting place because Kron had been doing quite well with basically gun hauler spam. Uh, but I don't know if it was tactical on his part because he only went free to it at CanCon. And I don't know if he just held back so they wouldn't go up in points. And so that all that so that they would <laughs> so that they would put them so that they would put them down in points. Cause I, I mean generally I feel like they are a little bit pricey. I think yeah, they could. Yeah, I yeah. I think they could well, stand to go down at least ten points. When you compare them to a steam tank, you're like, you're damn right, they're yeah. spicy. <laughs> yeah. it, it's kind of hard to justify saying they should go down in points when it's like, oh, Kron and Max are playing. I just like playing lists with ten gun haulers, and it's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, there, there there's a. So like, I mean, we we could talk. Like, so for me personally, like debating the point hikes of KO and so forth don't really mm-hmm. matter because the power of KO is how they their path to victory works. 
-hmm. And the path to victory is like one of the easiest of all the books because they're battle tactics. Like I've so many games I've played, I've scored like four of my five, five of even sometimes out of just my battle tome. And like literally like having access to a grand strategy that's very easy, plus that makes the path to victory for KO. Like you could build whatever you would do, but if you can score all your battle tactics, like you are going to probably win the game. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't really matter. Like the the thing is like, if you bring an army of nothing but gun haulers, it doesn't matter if it does well or not, that they're still gonna nerf it because they have a very good policy on like, you should not see lists with nothing but one war scroll. Yeah. <laughs> like they're really not yeah. happy with that stuff. So it doesn't matter yeah. if it does well or I mean, not. <laughs> battle tactics, because it does open up the bombing, the bombing run battle tactic a lot, having that many bombs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I've, I've scored that one twice at LVO. It's like, <laughs> Frigates are also really good at doing it. It just yeah. requires a little bit of setup. But like it, yeah, it's just yeah. like there are too many easy battle tactics in that book. Yeah. So like so, it doesn't matter what you do with points. So uh, speaking so speaking points hikes in KO, like the one thing that I'm worried about is um this cycle that KO suffer alongside Ossiarch Bone Reapers where so we go up and down like a yo yo. Well not only that, <laughs> but like the main problem is that so they they come they, they get a, a new book and they're really good. And there's a couple of interesting builds and people are having great success. And so naturally the points hikes comes. But the problem is, is that in both of those books, Ossiarch Bone Bone Reapers and Caradron Overlords, is that there are so few units to choose from Mm -hmm. that those points hikes are felt exponentially more than a book like Nurgle that I'm used to. Stormcast, where, you know, there's there's dozens and dozens and dozens of War Scrolls to choose from. Here you have Mm -hmm. a dozen. And so yeah. those points hikes are mm-hmm. felt so much harder and the, mm-hmm. and it's not even like it's so oppressive from like building a list, but just the number of builds that you can explore and experiment with mm-hmm. um, to be in being a competitive player is, is drastically reduced. And then, you know, you go through this lull where there's just like a, a lack of builds and this stifling of creativity until mm-hmm. a new book comes out. And so that's what I, I really hope that they just, I'm with this extra time, be judicious and sure there are things that are probably overcosted or too efficient in this book but not to go to punishing because it has permutations that are unseen i mean mm-hmm. i i disagree with that man <laughs> you should have <laughs> okay. less war scroll in that book it, it was sort of d- thunderous just, just delete that war scroll from the book uh for the good of the game because to be honest like ian's list is like way more enjoyable from from or even your list matt is way more enjoyable for your opponent's perspective than like mm-hmm. my list my list is about like not engaging. At least both your list requires you to actually play the game of AOS. My list is about like, I'm not gonna play AOS. I'm gonna play this separate game called KO. Uh, and like, no, Thunders as a concept need to be like completely thrown out of the book and then just redrawn for something else. Like that, you cannot- Again, because I've already done that once. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like you cannot, like you cannot keep making that mistake with Thunders. Like stop doing it over and over. Just. Like, I don't know, make their shooting attacks work in combat and then like drop their shooting power by half. Like, so mm-hmm. that way, if you still want to be good at shoot, like doing the things you're good at, you actually have to engage your opponent, like things yeah. like that. Like, like I don't know, like figure it out. Like, they, I'm sure they can. It's just that right now, like that, that war school should not exist in the iteration. That's why every shooting war school that's too good goes up to like 170, 180. Like, uh, so, uh, I mean, it's not <clears throat> just a KO thing, that's sort of just a recurring theme. It's like, yeah, Fusiliers at the moment. It's like, they they switched uh, for when they changed the edition and they made the table size smaller and they bought eventually sort of brought down the 
yeah. shooting range of a lot of things. And then they're like, okay, well, now this unit shoots 27 inches. Yeah. And it can move really far. And it's like, and yeah, yeah and it can do mortals mortal on sixes to hit. And it's like, yeah, Ian, it's you were going to say something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just going to comment off of Jeremy's thing of that's mm. what I enjoy with like my list, which I bet same thing with you, Barker, is mm -hmm. that you actually, your opponents don't feel bad playing against you because you have to play the game and get in and do stuff. Yeah, there's a scrap. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. most of my opponents, the entire LVO, were like, I've never played against a KO list like this, but it's, you know, it, it was a mm -hmm. lot of fun to play against because I got to see something KO usually doesn't do whenever I see mm -hmm. them. I just see yeah. Thunders and, you know, having a bunch of Balloon Boys charge in and go all over the board mm -hmm. and explode and then retreat everywhere and you know mm -hmm. just saturate yeah. the board with melee they all my opponents were great people to play against and they all enjoyed at least at the end of the game they like to see something new and yeah. not have to play against just a bunch of thunders mm -hmm. every single yeah. opponent i had except for tom who knew my list was said wait a minute you don't have a single thunderer <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. nope, not at all. Thunder was not good. I must admit, though, I have had people moan about like the frigate ability where you just like, oh, so you're now going to just fight with like four units before I fight with anything? But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's and that's after, like yes, after my... I've done the mortal wounds, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Yeah, and he's going in there and disembarking yeah. with six units and like, all right, I'm going to fight seven combats before you get your first combat. My, my, my favorite is when you tell them that and then you're like, oh yeah, my battle tactic this turn, I scored it because I did that. It's really, uh, we really enjoy that interaction. They're like, what do you, okay, that's cool. But I guess. <laughs> I always got that uh, look of disbelief when, you know, somebody would do like a bunch of damage um to my 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 boat and then I'd be like oh is that the end of your shooting phase okay cool i'm gonna heal it back to full yeah and they're like wait what and i'm like uh emergency field repairs uh so i'm gonna roll 18 dice yeah. and you did an impressive 12 damage but uh that was all for naught yeah it does always seem to be that the first time you use it in a game when they don't expect that's when you spike the rolls and then the next time you use it at the start of your hero phase or something is like okay i roll like nothing but i feel yeah. one wound but you'll have you guys will have to do an episode on this like what does scale look like when battle regiment is no longer in existence okay yeah that's, that's a that's a real mental exercise you have to like, i mean well the, the real mental exercise is what does aos look like as well and what do they replace it with yeah that's no it's it's, it's 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 it, it has repercussions not just for ko but like yeah. ko is like definitely the one army that like has the most value in the game from having mm -hmm. low drop like it, arguably by like um, like a long shot because... uh, and then like you're right like every, other armies won't have battle regiments but you know a lot of other books have access to unified uh which is the yeah the sons of behemoth and the yeah some of the others yeah. it's as well yeah. like like lots of other armies and so like matchups ko are usually good into or no longer mm. good into because of that yes although they could still change it because they all have access to that same ability so if they mm -hmm. faq that ability then it will change all those other battalions as well sure if they remove yeah. the if they made drop count actually matter instead of just yeah. battalions uh, battle reg yeah for sure i can see that 
because you know you can still build KOLS with very small unit counts, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't have to go MSU like Ian did. Mm-hmm. But it's just like it, it, it is an interesting mental exercise for the game. Like like one of the ways that we talked about like internally with some of my other friends is like how do you fix scale? You remove battle regiment. Mm-hmm. Like you you literally makes that army a lot harder if uh, you don't get drop priority on turn one. Uh, so like it is incredibly like I don't know how, you know it's, it, this isn't once again this is not a how to fix scale. This is how you give other armies a chance of beating it. It's a very weird like starting equational math like of how you phrase the discussion like because we'll just have to admit that KO just plays the game slightly differently than everybody else, so they have an advantage. Yeah, although <laughs> there are some other armies that can play the game in a very similar way to KO. Sure. I mean, you mentioned like, steam tanks and and stuff, steam and there's Silver F can actually do <laughs> it as well if as they well, play yeah. the, the shooty version and stuff, and yeah. they actually do it kind of better than KO as well because rather than teleport one unit, they can teleport lots, and they have longer range and stuff. But yeah, I, it's. You know, I'm not actually convinced that Battle Regiment is necessarily terrible for the game, but I think it's just that the fact that uh, turn one uh, priority is predicated on drops. And I have mm. a conspiracy. I have a conspiracy theory that they actually meant to change that in third edition, but because <laughs> of they had a um, they had a video of like how to play Age of Sigmar, and they hired some like professional um, uh, um, actors, board game presenters, actors, <laughs> and they and they did and in that demo that they put so many marketing resources into, uh, Matt, they Matt, they that's did. Not, that's how the core rules explains it. No, but <laughs> it, GHB yes. changes it. GHB no. changes it to whoever drops first gets to trade five. I understand that. And mm-hmm. in the first General's Handbook in third edition, it was worded in a very strange way. And it almost seemed like that it was not supposed to work that way. But the people who did this video, this learn to play AOS game, mm-hmm. they 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 did that way where the uh, you drop first that you get to choose. But mm-hmm. um, and so they had to FAQ it to be more clear to that. But I really do think that they intended third edition to not um, have that and in if uh, I think what you'll see in fourth edition is it'll be a roll off to see who has turn one turn priority just like it is in every other turn priority but if you drop first then you win you ties win yeah that would be nice I think uh, that's yeah. my that's my prediction for. I mean, for I think there's a lot of executives. I mean, you could just make battle regiment or anything that has that that one drop ability. Just don't give it one drop and just say every time you deploy a unit it, you can then deploy a second unit sure. and so each time you're just deploying two units rather than one yeah you could and then it's like you sure. get to outdrop people but not by you don't get to deploy like eight units in one go right and then right. it's like all of a sudden it's like rather than everyone being one drop it's like well this guy's seven drops but i can get to eight and then but then there's loads of people at nine ten eleven twenty like whatever yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you and then there's a trade off because it's like we go, I can go lower drops, but I can't be MSU and stuff. So, so uh, it'll be very, very interesting. First with mm-hmm. the battle scroll, and then a couple of months later with fourth edition. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I have to say though, like I think it was at LVO, it was like something like the battle regiment was like it was like 343 players and there was like almost like 220 bat reg or something like ridiculous like <laughs> Wait, uh, just to, uh, just to clarify there was there 243 <laughs> players that had battle regiment or 243 battle battle regiments no, there, there, was of play- there was 343 players there was at least 220 battle regiments so i mean that like, seems low to me 
Yeah, because that seems low to me. I could almost imagine two hundred and forty players having a battle. I think. I think when the some of those having two. (laughs) I think the person who did that calculation stopped at like something like two hundred and eighty players or something. Like, uh, (laughs) it's just like they were just like. Do they just get bored going through? Yeah, I was like, needed to just write some script or something that reads it. Like, we're the worst battle regiment. It was Sorry. done before LVO proper when a bunch of people had to submit like at the last minute. So I think that was going off of BCP lists when they were at 200 and some odd before list cutoff. Okay. So there's a lot of lists that hadn't been submitted. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It sounds actually kind of low, to be honest. And then, and that's, that's not a good thing. I... Like, so many lists have it. It's it's just the way of the game now, where like uh, yeah. there's such a pri- there's such a value on who the, who goes first that like if you're not one or two drop, you might as well be ten drop. <laughs> like, yeah, hundred percent. Right? <laughs> mm. It doesn't help that there is actually also a battle plan where if you you uh, if you can t- determine who goes first, you you can basically determine the game almost. Yeah, so well, yeah, it doesn't help either. Uh, yeah. So anyway. Yeah. No, uh, no. that was a massive tangent, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a forecast if we didn't have massive tangents. So uh, I, f- I think we kind of covered everything plus a bunch of other stuff we didn't plan for. So that's cool. Uh, thank you to uh, all three of you, Ian, Jeremy, and Matt, for coming on the show. Uh, love to have you all on again at some point. Uh, thanks to everyone that uh, was watching live, getting involved in the chat uh asking questions and all that sort of stuff um there was a question that come up about go trek but we had kind of already answered that so basically you need to go back and watch that section of the video where jeremy basically said go trek was rubbish um but... <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> did you say go trek yeah. was rubbish it said there's a lot of armies that had an answer to it maybe if uh, uh maybe maybe, yeah. if, maybe if jeremy explores his foot slogging ko uh he'll find a spot for old go trek yeah over uh, a command core, unlikely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, if you like the show, please hit like and subscribe because the next show will not be in six months' time. It will be a lot sooner. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, cool. Thanks everyone for watching and thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks a lot. No Goodbye. problem. Thanks for having us. Uh, and Good luck to everybody. It's just an awkward moment because I can't find my mouse. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Bye. laughs>